Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Racetrack. I am Molly Joe Rosen alongside some amazing friends on the Believe Network the number one podcast platform for professionals. A few days ago, the Daily Racing Forum reported that Santa Anita is making some changes to their track. One of the coolest features of the Pasadena Oval has long been the downhill turf course, but that's been dormant for over a year due to issues with the surface. As Steve Anderson reported on August 20th, construction recently began on a new turf chute, which will allow races to be held at distances of six and six and a half furlongs. Currently, turf sprints at five and a half furlongs start on the dirt track for a few strides before the runners get on their preferred surface. The new chute, which won't be ready until the winter meet that traditionally starts the day after Christmas, will still require crossing a patch of dirt similar to the old hillside one, but this time it'll be on the first turn versus coming into the stretch. As for the dormant downhill, according to Aiden Butler, acting executive director of racing operations for California Tracks at the Stronic Group, plans are in the works to bring that course back into action more than the current plan of using it for the start of marathon races. When I heard the news about Santa Anita's plans, I realized how many questions I've gotten over the years about the surfaces we run on. Putting in a track ain't as simple as running to Lowe's, grabbing some sod, and throwing it down. There is a ton of science that goes into the process of laying a foundation that drains properly and making a surface that is safe enough to run over and hardy enough to withstand weather. Consider that some tracks have as many as 1,800 horses on the backstretch, most of whom will at least jog each morning, not to mention 100 plus horses running three to five afternoons a week. That's a lot of wear and tear to worry about. So let's take a quick dive into what it means to build a racetrack because it's probably the biggest part of watching horses run in circles you never even thought about. Before we get rolling on the show, though, no matter how you found us, and I'm certainly glad you did, thank you in advance for liking and subscribing and commenting and sharing and whatever else it is you can do from whatever podcast platform you found us on. Plus, you can join the conversation and tell us what you want to know and who you want to hear from at beyondtheracetrack.com. Now, let's get into the gate and get to talking ponies. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. If you're like me and are always looking for new and fun ways to wager on all your favorite sports, horses, but also soccer and tennis and hockey and golf, even esports, then betonline.ag is the site for you. There's always the online casino, too. It never closes. And did I mention they have tournaments? Creating and funding my account took me all of two minutes, and the sign-up bonuses are pretty darn good. 50% match on sports, 100% match on casino and poker deposits, and there's even a bonus for depositing with Bitcoin. I'm currently giddily locked into several political prop bets heading into the big Republican National Convention. My favorites are the will President Trump say a certain word ones. There's seven of those and the RNC hasn't even started. So head on over to betonline.ag and sign up. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Remember to wager responsibly. Mm. 
things first. It seems obvious, but what do we mean when we say racing surface? There are three main types we run thoroughbreds over. Dirt, turf, and synthetic, meaning a blend of wax or rubber fibers. Quarter horses only run on dirt, and there's a whole different type of dirt that harness horses run on. Oh, and there's also a winterized version of dirt that's popular on the New York and Chicago circuits when the weather turns cold. In Europe and Australia and Asia, you hardly ever see a dirt track. They're predominantly grass with the occasional synthetic. They also tend to train their horses over uphill grass courses, which we definitely are going to talk about on a later show when we look into different training methods. Horses have been running for thousands of years, so why does what surface they're on matter? There's a fantastic white paper you can find on the Racing Surfaces Testing Lab website on just this subject that a lot of this show's research comes from. As they point out, what a horse trains, works, and competes on plays a crucial role in enhancing or limiting his ability to perform and in determining the risk of injury. I'm not here to talk about breakdowns, but I'd be remiss to not point out that soundness and surface go hand in hand, or hoof and hoof. Racehorses are 1,200-pound animals running 45 miles an hour around hairpin turns in a herd on four ankles as big as the human wrist. When we talk about a surface being safe, we're referring to one that creates optimal conditions for the load borne on the skeletal system. Even over perfect ground, the basic mechanics of a horse's gait puts pressure on the bones, muscles, and ligaments throughout the leg. When the footing they're moving over is inconsistent, it can be a recipe for disaster. Stride happens because as each foot touches the ground, it momentarily stops, but the momentum of the body keeps moving forward, which propels the foot off the ground again. There are four key phases of each leg's locomotion that must be considered. One, primary impact or concussion when the hoof makes first contact with the ground. Two, secondary impact or the slide and stop. Three, the amount of force generated mid-stance between stop and propulsion. And four, the rollover as the hoof leaves the ground. As Mick Peterson, head of the Racing Surfaces Testing Lab, has said, quote, a horse can adapt to a hard track, a soft track, a cuppy track, really any kind of surface. If you tell me that one stride to another is going to be different, then the horse doesn't have a chance, end quote. Again, thanks to some cool charts from the testing lab, we know that there are three main properties that go into making a surface safe. Vertical hardness, horizontal shear, and rebound timing. There are additional track-specific requirements, such as composition based on environmental factors, layout and banking, and how much and how heavy equipment will be required for maintenance. The hardness of the track influences how quickly the foot is decelerated and the stiffness of the track when the load is being applied. Hard tracks generate a large impact force and high-frequency vibrations due to the rapid deceleration of the hoof. Meanwhile, on a soft track, the deceleration occurs over a longer time, reducing the rate of strain on the hoof. However, with too soft of a cushion, the soil can continue to collapse as the horse tries to push off, resulting in a loss of forward momentum and speed with the associated increase in energy expenditure and resulting fatigue. The horizontal response of the surface also plays a key role in determining how much load is placed on the leg. We talked about the primary and secondary impact phases of the stride, the part where the hoof slides forward before coming to rest, but just how quickly and how much that slide happens is determined by the horizontal characteristics of the surface. Same as with hardness, we're looking for the right amount of deceleration and push-off to work with. 
This is also where individual biomechanics and conformation play a huge role because the angles of pasterns and fetlocks and ankles all determine just how much joint load there is. Lastly, it is critical that a track be uniformly maintained and as even as possible in order to achieve a necessary consistency from stride to stride. So what does it mean to quote unquote build a track? While the design of the cushion and base theoretically depends on the climate and materials of a region, reality is more that how it's put together is dependent on the particular designer. That said, according to a Racing Surfaces Testing Lab paper, there are three basic configurations. One, a shallow sand track with a solid base. Two, a sand and clay track with a pad that is maintained on a regular basis. And three, a track with a developed base that has a shallow sand or sand and clay track material laid over a base which is not disturbed on a regular basis. Shallow sand tracks over a hard base are typically used with very low clay and silt content with a cushion that's at most four and a half inches deep, meaning they require more moisture to remain effective, but are also usually very quick draining and popular in places with heavy rainfall. When the surface is heavily permeable, water can flow both across the top of the compacted track surface and through the material toward the lower elevation at the inside rail. During the breakover part of the stride, the hoof will be nearly in contact with the base, which is usually something along the lines of limestone screening, soil cemented sand, compacted clay, porous asphalt, or even concrete. The other two types of track, where there's a dirt racing surface that's the same material at a depth that greatly exceeds the depth of the hoof print, fascinate me because they have the most options for maintenance. Basically, tracks with a false base have a shallow cushion just like the shallow sand tracks that overlay a hard pan layer, which is developed through repeated harrowing of the surface that compacts the material. In the course of normal use, the top surface will gradually lose fine material, so occasional repair of the uneven portions is done by rototilling, then harrowing, to recreate that hard pan layer. Similarly, there is the option to use a pad layer that's two to four inches thick. That is typically broken up, remixed, and reharrowed once or twice a week to maintain a level of compliance in the layer below the cushion. These types of tracks are usually clay or a similar cohesive material, including synthetic, that doesn't require much moisture. But what about turf, you might be asking? A primary distinction between turf tracks will be the degree of compaction in the growing medium and the strength of the associated root system, which will affect both the hardness and the shear strength of the soil. Grass also requires aeration and other mechanical means to maintain a softer top layer and open the surface to increase permeability to optimally reduce load concerns. Below the maintained layers of sand or sand and clay or turf, the primary function of the base is to create a consistent level surface. The role of a base that is more than 12 inches below the top surface is less critical. However, a consistent base is still an important factor since it can be important for drainage and can provide a stable layer for installation and heavy maintenance of the track. Next time you go to the races, I encourage you to stand as close to eye level with the main track as you can. You'll see something you probably never realized. Much like Earth, it ain't flat. You hear a lot about slope and banking if you watch NASCAR, and it's the same in our type of horsepower too. Though 2% is most common, some tracks have as little as a 1% grade to even their flattest parts, with the inside rail being the lowest point. This allows the top surface of the track to be compacted with a float so that water won't stand, but instead drain to the inside rail. 
Even though it can be harder to maintain, wider tracks will have a crown so that the outside quarter to third of the track will drain towards the outside rail, which helps to reduce the amount of top material lost on the inside. Since most synthetic racing surfaces depend on vertical drainage and usually have flat straight sections, more flexibility is given to the banking used in corners. When it comes to banking in general, the goal is to balance the speed and gait of the horse with the radius of the track along with the positioning of the jockey. So with all this talk of what goes into making a track, how do we actually know it's safe? What you make the surface out of is a large part, but not the only part of the process. How the materials will hold up to regular use and weather and maintenance is a massive question mark that cannot be left to trial and error. This is where testing comes into play, specifically the racing surfaces testing lab that Mick Peterson and his team run out of Orono, Maine. The finer points of exactly what they do and how they do it are super intricate, but basically they have developed standards for running composition tests. These determine the desirable amounts of properties in the surface, such as size of sand particles and the percentage of clay and silt. Simple composition tests for dirt surfaces also include clay mineralogy and, in the case of synthetic surfaces, full thermomechanical and chemical characterization of the wax. However, beyond the details of sieve and gas chromatography is the big picture of material response. Remember when we talked about shear and timing? It's super important when it comes to the cushion layer. Shear, that's S-H-E-A-R, strength, is a function of the cohesion of the material and the shear layer. The cohesion of the material is a result of bonding between sand particles, which is typically influenced by clay and dirt surfaces and wax and synthetic ones. A material with high cohesion will reduce the slide during the impact phase of the stride, while low shear strength will keep the track from supporting the hoof during the propulsion phase, resulting in cupping out. Finally, during breakover on many materials, the toe of the hoof will penetrate into the track, which is also characterized by the shear strength of the material. The cool thing about the Racing Surfaces Testing Lab is how they are able to mimic conditions from the outside world in a laboratory setting. This means they can test things like compaction rates, impact absorption, and energy return, and moisture sensitivity. However, the complex interaction of climate, maintenance, usage, and design occurs only at the racetrack where all aspects of the surface interact, meaning on-site testing will have to be done regardless in order to get proper performance measurements. As we get into the gallop out portion of today's show, much appreciation as always to my tiny production crew and the good folks at the Believe Network for the chance to share this show with y'all. Remember to like and comment and subscribe and share and whatever else it is you can do from whichever platform you're listening on. If there's something about horse racing you want to know more about, drop us a note at ask at beyondtheracetrack.com or any of our socials, all of which can be found on beyondtheracetrack.com. I am Molly Jo Rosen, and I will see you back here next week as we once again go Beyond the Racetrack. This is going to be a wild ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.